Thank you, Cole. Well, it's been a fun full service so far. I don't want to trip on that cable. And as Cole said, we are, thank you, buddy, in the middle of a, a series, week three of Favor. I don't think I've ever preached three weeks in a row, so it's been quite a thing for me uh, personally, but really have enjoyed uh, teaching the series. Uh, if you missed it, week one was the power of favor, and we looked at six characters in the Bible, and we very clearly see God's favor on those situations. David, uh, Daniel, Esther, Joseph, it, it was just so clear. Last week, we looked at speaking favor and how it's so important to speak favor, not only in your mind, because well, when you speak in your mind, it drops to your heart. You know who you are, and you know whose you are. And then also to speak it out, declare it. Is there's power in our words when we speak it, whether it's under our breath or out loud. And then also speaking it to other people, not because we want to praise ourselves. Um, you know, it's, it's so sensitive this because it can come across in an arrogant way. But we're giving testimony and glory to God because it's in my life. I'm like, there's no other way it would have happened if it wasn't for God. And I think there's such power in sharing a testimony, and God goes, you know what, I can trust you because you're giving me glory. And that was last week, speaking favor. So as Cole said, if you haven't heard any of them, you're welcome to go catch it on our um, podcast or obviously a YouTube channel or on Facebook, but they are all still up there. So that's been the series so far, and as Cole said today, we're speaking on favor in the storm. It was interesting, Grant even felt led, he didn't even know we were speaking on that, but felt led to say that about, uh, you know, mothers being an anchor, particularly in a storm. So um, before I get into the message tonight, I heard this, this one guy wanted a favor from God, and he said, um, could you just, just one favor, I, I love traveling, and I, I particularly love island holidays. Any mothers out there feel like they need an island holiday right now? Um, could you, because it's like a little bit difficult to get there nowadays and you're traveling, could you just give me my own plane? So God was like, well, look, that's a pretty tall ask. <laughs> um, I don't know if it, that, that's going to be possible to give you your own plane. He says, do you have a second uh, request or, or favor you would like to ask me? And the guy said, well, if I can't have a plane, could you help me understand woman? because um, it's really a challenge in my marriage and I'm just battling to, I just want to know what women think inside here. And God said, well, how big do you want the plane? <laughs> Sorry, ladies, it's just a joke. But there are some things that will remain mysteries. <laughs> Favor in the storm. Have you ever heard that saying, dodged a bullet? I'm going to say a few kind of thoughts, a little bit of a different message today. It's taken me a, it's a different kind of time of preparation for this message, and you'll see why in a moment. It's not like points one to three or one to seven or whatever, but just a few thoughts, and we can look at a couple of stories in the Bible. But there is a saying, we, we dodged a bullet, or I dodged a bullet, and, and it's pretty powerful because when you look back at certain situations or circumstances in your life, you realize, only looking back, is like, we dodged a bullet. Like, if we had gone down that road, it wouldn't have worked out well. And when we think of favor, we normally think of something good happening. You know, you, you meet someone, you, the, the right opportunity, the right business deal, and you trust in God for favor. But many times when we face difficulties in our, life, in our life and things aren't going away, maybe we're still taking the medication that we didn't want to be on for so long. Maybe our finances haven't turned around the way we would like. Maybe we didn't get that salary increase or the deal didn't come off. Or there's a relationship that's taking strain. Things have gone a bit pear-shaped. And we think we don't have favor. And it seems like we don't have favor. 
But the reality is we're all going to have obstacles in our life. We're all going to have situations where it feels like we don't have favor. But it doesn't mean we don't have favor. Because many times favor is keeping those challenges from defeating us. When we look back, we go, my goodness, God, thank you so much that we dodged a bullet there. I was chatting to a friend the other day, and they were meant to buy this specific house, and they put an offer in, but things didn't quite work out. And they are so grateful because they've needed some funds to be able to do something else, particularly in the season that they've been in the last year and a half. And they realized, looking back, that it didn't go through, and they dodged a bullet because God was protecting them. Sometimes God withholds things from us because he can see far ahead. His perspective is, difficult, uh, is different to ours. But when we're in a difficult time, you may not see it, but favor is what's pushing back the forces of darkness. Favor is what's keeping that sickness from taking your life. Favor is what protected you from that accident. The other day I was speaking to a friend who is kind of on this journey back to God. And he was looking back and telling me he is so, it's so evident and clear how God has had favor on his life. One particular situation he was telling me about, he was actually on drugs at the time, just in a real bad place, and he was driving, and he didn't even remember what happened. But he was driving on the M3, on the M13 on his own, and he woke up and found himself stopped in the middle of the island on the grass section in the middle of the M13. He must have blacked out. But what was incredible is that there was a bridge nearby. There were no uh, other cars at the time that he blacked out. And he literally just came onto the middle of the grass and the car stopped in the middle of the grass in the middle of the highway. I mean, so much stuff could have gone wrong. And he looked back and he was like, that is the favor of God. You see, if you didn't have favor, you wouldn't be here today. The enemy would have taken you out by now. You may not recognize it, but you have favor in the storm. Favor dealing with the challenges that you're going through. Last week, I spoke about how, remember that favor crowns you, favor surrounds you, and you've got to know this today. Favor doesn't come and go. Favor is with you in the good times and the bad times. Second thought, walls of water. Water is, is powerful. And I remember in the 1987 floods, they spoke about this wall of water that was going to come down and wash away the John Ross Bridge down up, up the north coast. And I remember we actually went to go see, not when the wall of water was coming, but just to see what was going on. And it was crazy. Like the, it literally washed away the bridge and um, there was huge amount of flooding that happened. But there was this, at one stage, the, there was a, a dam that burst its banks upriver. And this wall of water came down at such a devastating pace and just destroyed everything in its path. Uh, apparently, there were some people that, um, that passed away from that accident when the bridge came down. Uh, I heard one story of one of the guys that was halfway on the bridge, and luckily he, had a, he was in a sports car, and he started to see the bridge break away in front of him. It was like a movie, and he stuck this car into reverse and just managed to get off just in time as it collapsed in front of him. But walls of water... If you think of the story, when you think of walls of water, you think of the Israelites, right? For those of you aren't familiar with the story, the Israelites were, uh, they had escaped from Egypt. Pharaoh kind of had, in a sense, let them go. And they're going through the desert. Then they come to like a, a dead end. And this is not like a, a little group of people. This is, they estimate between 1.5 million and 2 million people, right? 
in the desert and they come to this dead end, okay? They must have been terrified, scared. Next thing, uh, Moses led by God, um, you know, it's around how the seas would have parted, where it parted, and there's, uh, some people say that it's possible with the wind. It's amazing how humans always want to try and figure out a, a logical way how this could have happened. All I know is that the seas parted and it's documented, and actually, they've actually discovered remains of an army in, in the sea. Um, many, many, many years later, and to, to prove that it actually did happen. But I don't know what it looked like. I'm trying to Google some pictures. I've got a couple up here when the seas parted. I don't know. It would have been a lot wider than that to fit the amount of people that went through. They say these people would have had to go through between four to six hours. Some say it was a 21-kilometer walk through the sea. Where they crossed, some say it was less. It's very difficult to know. But, I mean, I don't know about you, but it must have been pretty terrifying walking through there with your families you know, your kids, and you're walking through and there's this water like it just has been pushed to the side, like, God, is it going to close in on us? There must have been terrifying thoughts going through their mind. Are we going to make it through? What about the enemy that is chasing us behind? And there was so much that they could have been worried about. But when they got to the other side, obviously there was a celebration. And then when they looked back, they were like, my goodness, the favor of God was on our life. But at the time, walking through the walls of water, it must have been really terrifying. They knew they had favor, but did they really know it all the time? I don't know if there's anything outside there. Something's fallen over, I think. But did they know they had favor all the time because they couldn't see it? But you've got to understand, church, it's favor that held back the walls. Favor is what kept the enemy from catching up to them. And when you're in the middle of something difficult, sometimes we don't see his favor. And it's easy to focus on all the things that could happen. Or to blame God. Many times we end up wanting to blame God for something, but you've got to understand there is an enemy out there that wants to destroy your life. Listen to what Exodus 14 verse 11 says. And they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why have you done this to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? There are many times where we question God, and I think it's okay to question God because you know, sometimes we don't understand the situation we find ourselves in. God, why am I not getting well? Why are my children not getting well? Why, why can't I find a job? Why, God, has my child that I've spent so much time and energy into, why has that child gone, of course? You know, and, and we, we live worried and often we end up losing sleep or we panicked about situations. But I want to encourage you today, stay in peace because God is with you through the storm, through the walls of water. He has got favor in the storm. Just yesterday, if I can be a little bit vulnerable and, and personal today, um, I was reading over my notes. I had a pretty hectic weekend. We had the Trans-Africa guys that were heading off. We had a 30th birthday lunch. We had a 40th birthday dinner. And life is full, life is crazy. And I, I literally had an hour yesterday, a shot home in uh, uh, mid-morning, and I, I was just going through my notes. And I get to the section where I'm reading, it's easy to focus on the negative things and, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to, I don't know, get worried about a situation, and, but you need to have peace in the storm. And as I read that, Jin's phone rings. And uh, at the time, my son was playing his first rugby match yesterday at 10 o'clock. This was about 10, quarter, uh, 10 past 10, quarter past 10. And the phone rings, and we had a bit of a sick feeling in our stomach, and it's the coach. And we're like, oh, no, what's going wrong? And uh, Jude broke his arm. 
uh, yesterday, but right at that time, there is, it's quite overwhelming. And it's like, gosh, and he's broken his arm before, and he is so excited for the rugby season. He didn't play last year, and uh, it was in the first few minutes of the game, he was actually coming down to, to score a, a try, and as he came down, and then he was going to reach over and place it, his arm just didn't move. And I don't know if he landed funny or somebody said land on his arm, but he heard his arm snap. Snapped um, both bones, and there's a picture of him, yeah, yesterday. He's giving a thumbs up, but he's, he's an incredible amount of pain. And we're like, oh, God, you know, what is going on? You know, we, I, we both specifically prayed protection over our children. And it was, for us personally, quite, it was difficult. And I just sensed God is, God is never the author of these things, but he certainly does use these things. And I'm preaching with you today uh, on favor in the storm, and I've got to live true to the words that I'm preaching today. And certainly yesterday was a bit of a storm. We, he gets rushed up in ambulance to Hillcrest Hospital. Jim meets him there, and we had to wait for the surgeon to see if he needed surgery. And we just trusted for favor that the bones wouldn't have been like this, so that he would need to have surgery and the pins. And we, we, we're grateful to God that his bones um, are still in alignment. So they put him in a, in a cast. We need to go back again next week to see if they're starting to join and if he needs an operation. But we really did trust God for favor there. And, and I don't know why that happened. I don't know why God allowed it to happen. But I certainly know that there's an enemy out there who wants to distract you. He wants to uh, pull you off course. He wants to distract me personally from the message that I've got to give here today. And all I know is that I said to Jin, we don't understand God's ways. But there's something <laughs> we just got to rest in and have peace in that God knows what he's doing. And maybe he's protecting him from something. Maybe he would have had an injury in another game that was far worse. And I'm grateful to God that it wasn't like a torn ligament or he didn't get concussed. Uh, you know, bones can heal. I know it's, it's horrible. I mean, it was so horrible for both Jin and I yesterday just to see your boy. And, and I think personally, he's just struggling. And he's so excited for the rugby season. And he's a good little player. And he's been working really hard. And now he's out for the whole season. But God is with us in the storm. And we've got to believe that. And um, it's so easy to allow things that happen to us in life to distract us from what God is wanting to purpose in and through our life. God is pushing back forces of darkness. And he is not allowing certain sicknesses and addictions in your life and trouble that potentially, more trouble that would be coming upon you. He is allowing that and protecting you from many of those things to allow his purpose in your life. And... Just remember this today. There is a force working for you in the middle of the storm that is greater than any force that's trying to stop you. You have to understand that today. And when you look around, you may see walls of water. You may say, see opposition, trouble, sickness, all these things that may be frightening. But keep the right perspective because it cannot defeat you. You've got to know that. Favor will bring you through. And the enemy does not have the final say in your life. God does. And God will bring about the purposes that he has for you in your life. God is in control. And instead of sometimes just being frustrated about the problems or worried about things and upset over some issues and things that go wrong in your life, just believe that God will turn around and pray. Just pray under your breath even. I spoke about that last week. Pray, Father, thank you that I have favor in the storm. And we prayed that yesterday. God, thank you that you've given us favor. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for favor in the storm. Thank you that you are protecting me and my family, even though sometimes it may seem like we're in the middle of something pretty hectic. But God has his hand over you. And it's easy to believe we have favor when things are going right. Is that correct? Things are going good. Hey, we've got favor. And I'm hearing amazing to believe that you have favor when things are going right. But 
What about when the walls are water around you? Are you beginning to doubt or are you believing that you still have favor? Psalm 89 says this, I will steady him with my hand. With my powerful arm, I will make him strong. His enemies will not defeat him, nor will the wicked overpower him. We have to stand on God's word. And in the middle of difficulties, you need to remind yourself whose you are. We spoke about that last week. It's not who you are, it's whose you are. You are crowned, you are called, you are favored. You have preferential treatment because of whose you are. 1 Peter 2 says this, but you are not, uh, not 1 Peter, yes, it is 1 Peter. You are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. You are chosen. You are favored by God. Remember that. Another thought is recognize where it comes from. Recognize where it comes from. Instead of complaining about the storm, you need to know that there's an enemy out there that wants to ruin your life. And it's not like that we are expecting it and uh, speaking words of negativity over us. But I've got to be honest. I know when God is about to do something powerful in our lives, the enemy loves to have a go to distract you because he wants to cause and sow doubt into your life. So it's not like we, oh Lord, you know, allow trouble to come on me, but just know that it's going to happen because there is a devil that wants to pull you off course. But what we need to say under our breath is it's not going to defeat me. You're messing with the wrong person. And I, I was angry yesterday at the devil and I almost swore at him. <laughs> You're allowed to swear at the devil, okay? But you you may knock me down, but you're not going to get the best of me in this situation because my God is more powerful than you. And we don't have to live a life where we're full of worry and doubt and fears, wondering why things happen, but we have to start to speak positive things and the favor of God over our life. But just know when attack comes your way, just know that the enemy feels threatened because he wouldn't be fighting you if you weren't a threat. And I've seen it over and over in my life as God is using me even in this series. I really feel that it's something significant for our church. It's like, well, obvious (laughs) things are going to come against me. I'm like, devil, don't mess with my son though. You can mess with me, but don't mess with my son. And we have to understand that who we are in Christ. And I've seen stuff go wrong in my life. Sometimes I'm like, God, like obviously there's a whole lot that goes right, but like things go wrong. And many times, I remember when I would lead Alpha courses, God was doing such a powerful work, bringing so many people that didn't know God to Him. Stuff would go wrong in my life. Things would just come to try and distract you. But greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world, and we will overcome anything that the devil will throw at us. You see, the devil, he starts to sense that things are going to come right in your life, and he starts to get a little bit panicked and nervous. But you understand, you've got to understand that God is greater, and those problems will not get you down. Favor is not going to keep you from the storm, but favor will bring you out through the storm. And God wouldn't have allowed it if there was no purpose in it. Thought four, whatever number we are now, is closed doors make way for new doors. Closed doors make way for new doors. And sometimes we don't understand when a certain door closes in our life. We're trying to question things. God, why? this not work out? Why did it close? Sometimes it feels very unfair as well when we trust in God for something. 
And you can imagine the Israelites at the, the end of the Red Sea going, God, now what? You've brought me here. What is going on? Is this a closed door? What's going to happen? Not knowing what God was about to do. He was about to open the sea. Not take them around a different route that sometimes we think is what's going to happen. God does the unexpected. And I remember 2017, 2018 was that for us in many ways. You know, we were, as you know, I don't have time to tell the whole story today, but we just really felt like we needed to step out into something. And um, there were some opportunities and I was doing a lot of ministry in different parts of the world. And I'd spent five months, I think in 2017, 2018 in the US. And we really felt maybe God was going to move us as a family for a season. And, uh, you know, just there were so many different opportunities and doors and um, one in particular, and without mentioning any names, but I'd led worship at this pretty big church a handful of times and actually getting involved. And, and I just remember thinking, like, God, is this an open door? Is this an opportunity? Um, even for Jin, she was like, what is God saying? And there were many um, amazing days when we were that side, but there were some really difficult days just trying to figure out what God was saying. It did feel like a storm in many ways. And then it felt like there was an open door here, and then that door closed. Then there was one there, and that door closed. But there were things that just didn't start to sit right. As much as we wanted some doors to open, um, it just felt like some closed and we weren't quite sure what God was up to. But when we look back, we start to see God's hand in and through all of it. Because as some of those doors closed, in many ways we dodged a bullet <laughs> with this one particular church because the whole ministry tumbled down in many ways. And God knew that if I had taken on that role in that it would have been a pretty hectic storm to be part of. And also now with what we do today, we realize that there was actually another door that was meant to open, but it needed some time, it needed some season as we walked through in the storm. But God will open a new door if one is not meant to be opened. Many times we try and push a door open. And I think we should have the kind of um, feeling of, well, let me just check this door. So often we want to just push doors down. Just check it. Just you can knock on it. If it doesn't open, God's got another one for you. And let me tell you, it's better than that one. So often we, we get so frustrated, but no, but this is the right way, God. This is, we try and convince God. God knows better because he created you and he created your life. And sometimes it's just not his plan. And he's protecting us because if we go through that door, there's something on the other side of the door that is not meant for you. Another thought, issues you see today, you will see no more. At the time, the Israelites, as they were going through being chased by the enemy, it, it must have been pretty terrifying, wondering if they were going to catch up to them. But something happened that they maybe didn't even expect. They didn't even know what God was going to do. But listen to what Exodus 14 says. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. I, get, I feel the Spirit of God on me now. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Sometimes it's crazy. It's hectic. You're in the storm. You feel like you're being chased. But God had to take them through this because sometimes God will take you through a difficulty to get rid of what's chasing you. You have to understand that. You will make it through the storm, but what you didn't know is God has to sometimes show you that the things that are chasing you will hinder you for the rest of your life and He needs to take you through that storm so that those things you can let go. 
Because for the Israelites, for years to come, if God did not allow them to go through that moment with the, with the, the army chasing them, they would have felt in constant threat, in constant fear. Will they ever come after us again? Will they take us out? God had to take them through that storm to prove and show his faithfulness. Well, he doesn't have to prove anything to us, but he needed to show them. Issues you see today, you will see no more. You see, if the enemies didn't drown, for those of you who don't know the story there, the sea closed up over the whole Egyptian army. If the enemies didn't drown that day, they would have had constant fear and threat of being recaptured and being bound and held back to the issues of the past. Um, Chris Hodges, who's pastor of church in America, he, he often talks about this. He says, God got them out of Egypt, but now he needed to get Egypt out of them. Because they were still in captivity, even though they were freed as slaves, they had a mindset that was wrong. And many times we've got to go through some stuff, some difficult things, because God wants to free us from the things that have been chasing us. And I know it's not lacquer sometimes, you know, it's not nice to be in those situations. I'm sure it wasn't nice for the Israelites, but God had a purpose. You may not like the difficulty. It may seem unfair. But you're going to come through the storm free from the things that would have held you back your whole life. That addiction that would have held you back. You've got to go through that storm. People speak about rehab and how difficult it is. You have to go through it so that you can be set free. That sickness, that loneliness, that poverty mentality, the bondage. When you come through the storm, I really believe God will allow you to go through the storm so you can be set free, set free from those mindsets. And I'm going to declare today that freedom is coming to many people in Jesus' name. Healing is coming to people in Jesus' name. Abundance is coming to people in Jesus' name as you walk through that storm today. Are you with me? What's trying to stop you is only temporary. Don't be discouraged by the storm because you will come through on the other side. Next thought, he's with you. We sung about it today. He is for you and he is with you. God has you in the palm of his hand. He says that his hand is so big that the, the expanse of the universe doesn't even fit in the palm of his hand. That's a big hand. And he didn't send you into the storm by yourself. He's right there with you. And that's why the enemy can't take you up because he is with you. There is a hedge of protection around you and he controls the walls of water. And I love the story, uh, and I don't have time to really go into it in depth today, but the story of those uh, three Hebrew teenagers, Shad, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? Interesting names, I know. But they found themselves in this fiery furnace, thrown into this furnace. Must have been pretty horrific being thrown into this. I mean, I've, I've been, I mean, does anyone like saunas? I hate them sometimes. They're just like, oh, you can't even breathe so hot. Dubai feels like a sauna sometimes. But can you imagine a furnace? You know when a, a bry is hot and it's like singes your eyebrows? Can you imagine how terrifying it would have been for these three kids to be thrown into this furnace? But I love this story. And it says here in Daniel 3, 24, it says, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, I preached on this last year actually, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire and harm. And the fourth looks like a God. Some versions say it looks like the son of God. Some say it was Jesus in spiritual, like in a body form in the fire with them. And I love the fact that Jesus will be with you in the fire. 
And they came out unharmed, not even smelling of smoke. When we have a bra, smell of smoke. You've got a shower after a bra, right? These guys says they didn't even smell of smoke. But they weren't in there alone. But it must have been horrific. It must have been horrible. But God used it. You know, God changed the enemy's mind and, and actually gave them a whole new respect. They ended up even worshiping their God and gave respect to their God. What you're going through may not be all about you. But it's about God letting go and creating some space of the many things that are going to hinder you in your life going forward. God is all about positioning you. And Philippians 1.28 says, Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. So do not be intimidated in the storm because God is with you. God is with you. For those of you who may be fighting a battle right now that feels like beyond you, I don't know, I mean, the amount of cancer that you hear of, it's, it's I'm sure, if we put it, ask for a show of hands, someone will know someone in this room today that's struggling with cancer. And we just gotta believe that God is with us in the storm and just trust him, his purpose in and through it. Maybe you're going through some financial strain right now and you're like, I, I just, God, I don't know what you're doing. I, like, I need some help right now, God is with you. Next thought, and we're going to come to a close pretty soon. Feast in the famine. Feast in the famine. God wants you not only to go into a storm in the desert, but he wants you to prosper in the desert. God wants you to feast in a time where there is lack, in a time of drought. And many times we want to try and run away from the storm. But sometimes we've got to go through it because God is wanting to show favor in and through the struggle. And this is what happened with uh, Isaac. I don't know if you know the story of Isaac in Genesis 26. And, um, you know, he was going to move away because of, from the, the, the land that he was in because there was a hectic drought. The, the land was dry. And obviously in, in those days, many people would uh, live off the land. And also there was a lot of their business. And listen to what happens here in, in Genesis 26. A severe famine now struck the land as it happened before Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar uh, where Abimelech, some of these names in the Bible, it's like uh, kings of the Philistines lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land and I will be with you and bless you. Can you imagine that, guys? It's like a drought, it's a famine. It makes logical sense to move. And many people in South Africa, it makes logical sense to immigrate, right? But God's saying, don't, don't move. Stay where you are because I'm going to bless you where you are in the storm. Sometimes we want to run away from these things, but we've got to face these things. Because many times, look, if you are going to immigrate and God's called you to immigrate, amazing. But many times we run away from problems and we end up taking those same problems with us because we haven't dealt with the issues of our heart. We haven't dealt with our insecurities and our fears. God can be with us in South Africa in the middle of a storm. And sometimes, my goodness, you read the news, it feels like we're in the middle of a hailstorm. Talking about a hailstorm, how crazy it was last night. And listen to what happens. He says here, so I will bless you. And he says, I hereby confirm that I will give you all these lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised to Abraham, your father. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky. And I will give them all these lands, just speaking favor over Isaac. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. 
I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. So Isaac stayed. I love the obedience of Isaac. Be obedient to what God is telling you to do. Don't run. Just be obedient. And listen to what happens. Verse 11. So they, they, they issue this public pro- proclamation, and you'll see um, favor on Isaac because uh, he was a foreigner. And it says, anyone who touches this man or his wife will be put to death. When Isaac planted his crops that year, are you ready for this? In the drought, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he had planted. A hundredfold. For the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man. Ooh, prosperity gospel. I know some of us aren't all called to be rich, but we can all be generous. And it's not about how much, but it's about what we do with what God puts in our hand. But I'm just saying, he became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. Interesting note there. It's amazing that the same people that make fun of you for planting in the famine are the same ones, the same ones that were telling him that he was wasting his time, but are now the same ones that are upset because he's been blessed. And let me tell you, you'll always have people that will come up against you, be jealous of your life, the naysayers, oh, what are you doing? You know, you're crazy. And it's amazing how these people crop up all the time in our life. Don't let them distract you. You're the one that dared to believe. You're the one that dared to have some faith. But don't be surprised when they show up to criticize. And, you know, I find many South Africans, and I know this is a real bad generalization, but we we noticed it in moving out of the country for a season. In America, people are so stoked for you if you are successful. They're like, one of their biggest sayings is, good job. I mean, you don't have to do much, and it's good job. (laughs) But here in South Africa, there's this, I don't know, maybe it's this, struggle mentality like I can't see someone else be successful so let me just pull them back down to size we we have this thing as South Africans like um is it to humble people we don't want to give praise and adulation to people we don't want to just in case they get a big hit but I just think that we need to start to speak just one of just be generous with our words be happy for people you know honestly I've heard some stories in the last week about just people's blessings and favor coming I'm so stoked really I am so happy so happy for you. But why is it that sometimes we feel jealous when someone has more than what we have? It's always going to happen. And you may have had it in your own life. I mean, we hear things about ourselves that we never knew. It's like, okay, that's great. People love to talk. And, but don't let that chatter distract you. Don't let that ne- negativity distract you. And you don't even have to answer to people. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. Stay focused on what God has called you to do. And God will take care of the Philistines. Because look what happened here in uh, just a few verses on. Abandoning that one. So, so just to give you context, he was trying to find a well uh, and, and he finds water. Then they chase him away. They're like, no, no, this is our land. Go away. And then they find another well and they chase him away. And they just didn't want Isaac to, to receive the blessing. But eventually, he says, yeah, Isaac moved and, and he dug another well. This time, there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place, I love this, Rehoboth, which means open space. I was like, doesn't it say open skies? I wish it did. Church name in the Bible. But I love that. He named it open space. There's something about that word just creates so much freedom. eh? For he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. 
for there Isaac moved to uh, Besheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God of your father, Abraham. He said, do not be afraid, for I am with you, and I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants, and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. We are all descendants of Abraham, by the way. We want a gratitude and one of worship and thankfulness. Thank you so much, God. He set up his camp at that place and his servants dug another well. Logically speaking, things are not going to make sense in the famine, in the drought, but he finds water. Things come up against us, disadvantages, but begin to speak favor. Thank you, God, that I have favor in the famine. Thank you, God, that not only just a small amount of favor, but you look at how Isaac's life was just multiplied. A hundredfold, he was blessed. You've got to know this today. Your job is not your source. God is your source. That's for some people here today. God is your source. So often we rely on a salary. It can go like this. Then what? We start to panic, right? I know some of us had a bit of a panicky year. God is your source. We're still here today, aren't we? And God is going to bring incredible things over your life going forward. And many times God uses these opportunities to train us, these experiences to mold us and to shape us. And there's been times where I've seen God's unexpected blessings just out of nowhere. It didn't make financial sense. I remember when we built our first home in 2000, at the end of the building project, the builder goes, I forgot to tell you about a, a fee you need to pay. I'm like, oh, builders are good at that, right? He said, you, you've got to pay a percentage of the, the building home on, to the NHBRC. I was like, you're joking. How much is that? I, I think at the time it was, it was like six, 7,000 rand or whatever it was. It wasn't a, a lot. We built a very small home. And um, I remember going, I, he says, you, the builder said to me, you could fight me on that because I didn't actually put in the contract and tell you about it. But it, it should be your cost. But I understand if, if you're going to make me pay it. Jen and I like, prayed about it, thought about it. We're like, you know, we just feel right to do it. I had about seven, 8,000 rand in my bank account at that time. And, I, and I'll never forget it. I go to Standard Bank Plus Plan Machine. Do you remember the Plus Plan Machines and you could draw out a check? <laughs> Sound old now, eh? So I go to the bank, I type in the amount, and it, it, it printed a check. But as the check was coming out, it got stuck. Try to grab it and it sucked it back in. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, is there someone behind there playing a joke on me, you know? So I'm like, oh gosh. I'm like, nah, it's a mission. I go call the, the, the manager and I'm like, there's something wrong. And anyway, he, he eventually comes out. He says, how much was your check for? So I was like, give him the exact money. He goes, oh, this is your check. I'm like, okay, thank you. Then I put my card back in to check my balance and the check has not come off my account, the balance. The, the balance is still the same. So I'm like, that's weird. So I call them again. I'm like, look, I've drawn this check, but remember there was an issue, but my, my bank balance is still the same. He goes, oh, don't worry. You, you don't get anything for free from the bank. Don't worry, it will, it will come off. It, you know, you have the available balance thing and it's, it's a whole thing, whatever. So I'm like, okay. A week later, there's still no money off my account. So I did do the right thing. I went back into the bank. I said, look, um, let, me, let me just explain. I drew a check. You remember the story? He goes, no, that's impossible. It's because it, it, we do like cash ups and check. It's impossible. It can't happen. I said, oh, well, I'm just telling you, I've got the check. I've given it to the builder. He's cashed it. It's worked. But my balance is still the same. He goes, it, it can't happen. I said, well, what do I do? He goes, 
to this day, Standard Bank paid my NHPRC <laughs> account. Favor, God's blessing, will come out of nowhere and hunt you down. We've got some friends in the church out of nowhere, which literally carried them through this last year. Had a, 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 a uncle, I think, that blessed them with an inheritance out of nowhere, a, a substantial amount. It's like what? Carried them through. You may have relatives that you don't even know about that perhaps you might get some inheritance. I don't know, but God's favor can come out of nowhere. It can hunt you down. My mom, trying to get us through school when we were kids, often would lay her hands on, these, on, on the school accounts and say, God, I don't know where it's coming from, but I trust for favor, and managed to get us through some really decent schools. I did the same thing on my school accounts last week. Although I didn't lay it on a piece of paper, I laid it on my phone. I'm like, God. This past week, I get the school account, and honestly, I'm like going, God, I, I don't know how. At that moment, Kerry, our accountant, comes up to me and says, you're going to have some money that comes into account. It's not a mistake. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, no, last year, the TERS thing, and we miscalculated the tax. You paid too much tax, and we readjusted, and you're getting some money into your account. It's a lot of money. I'm like, enough to pay that? She was like, Yes. So all our staff got a, a bit of a terse somehow tax rebate. Hey, Colin, thank you, Jesus. When you honor God and you keep him first, you honor him with the tithe and the offering, I promise you, he will come through, you, through for you in ways that you had no idea were even possible. God is not limited by our conditions, by the economy, by your job, by your thinking. He owns it all. And like Isaac, he increased in wealth. He increased in favor. And the last point, he'll turn it around. I'm again over time. I'm so sorry. This, this series, I promise you guys, I've taken so much out and then it finds its way back in. And I, I really do apologize. Our message is normally meant to be 35 minutes, but these have crept a little bit over that. Are you okay with that? I'm, uh, well, you have to say I'm okay, right? Nearly finished. He'll turn it around. And I've seen God do it over and over again. God is not limited by the conditions. Don't limit God. Don't, don't limit his, the bigness of God with your small thinking. You've got dreams in your heart. Keep dreaming. God will turn it around. Mike and Nancy, you come to this church. I asked Nancy if I could share this. On the wall, they put sell their house, buy a new house. All seem good. Offer accepted. Both houses. Awesome. Then things just hung for a a month or so. Next thing, the guy that put the offer on their house didn't come through, didn't even, I mean, signed a legal agreement, didn't even, um, it, you know, put the sales agreement to the bank, even get a loan, and it was just like a nightmare. And now the people that they're buying the house from putting pressure on them, like, what's happening? We, we might not extend because nothing's happening. So like, God, what? Mike was even like, why did we put that on the wall? God, what are you doing, you know? They'd already ticked it. And just in the last week or so, they get a new offer on their house, more money. And the people that they're buying the other house from have said, we're gonna give you an extension. God's favor. He will turn it around when we think there's no way he can turn it around, but he will. God knows how to vindicate you. 
the people that are trying to hold you down, stir up trouble. Just stay in peace because it will backfire. I'm telling you now, I've seen it over and over again. Last story. We, in the UK many years ago on a family trip and we had our pocket money and the guys were selling these fragrances on the street and we were so stoked. Good price, 10 pounds. We're like, yeah, yeah. And we buy these fragrances only to discover as we walk down the road, we open them. It's not the legit fragrance. It's like this pink Sif smell, like I can't tell you guys. We got so conned, eh? Myself and my sister, we were like, and my mom was like, I told you, like, mom, please just don't, just not now. <laughs> we're so upset, it's like, money's gone. The funny thing is, guys, we wanted to throw this fragrance away. My dad kept it, he thought it was wonderful. We're like, <laughs> we used to tease him about it all the time. We're like, it's, it's, it's like toilet spray, guys. We were so upset, eh? We finished our trip get to the airport, to Heathrow, and they say, the flight's delayed. We're gonna give you a voucher to spend on duty-free on the plane. Thank you, God, for favor. <laughs> flight was only delayed by an hour or two. We got to buy our fragrance, the real ones on the plane. He will turn it around. Might not seem like it's possible, but he will turn it around. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you peace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I just thank you so much for people here today. God, I pray that this favor series is just connecting deeper their heart. God, it's shifting mindsets, changing belief systems. Their expectations, their dreams are being enlarged, God. And I thank you for favor in the storm. I, I really trust you, God, for those that are going through difficulty right now in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that you would give them such perspective that you're in control, that you're in charge, that you will hold back the waters. You will turn their situations around. And when they look back, they will see clearly your favor on their life, God. And I pray right now for your peace in the middle of the storm to come upon them in Jesus' name. Right now, whoever you are, just receive His peace. Holy Spirit, come and fall upon them in Jesus' name. Thank you that today we will begin to see a breakthrough and a turnaround in situations where people have battled for so long, God, in various issues, whether it's finances, whether it's health, whether it's relationally. Relationally, God, I pray that you would turn those situations around in Jesus' name. Favor in Jesus' name. I speak it over our church today. Last prayer, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't know His favor, you're like, this is, this is cool. Maybe you're new to church, songs were amazing, and you're like, I like some of what was said today and I wanna know God more. You've never given your life to God, that's something you need to do. I wanna pray a prayer with you. Just a simple prayer saying, God, come into my life. I want your favor in my life. Teach me your ways and I wanna walk with you. It's just a simple prayer and you start that journey. But you need to acknowledge that you need God in your life, that you're tired of doing it on your own. So if you're here today and you'd like to pray that prayer, maybe those online, I'm so sorry, I haven't engaged with much of the people online, but trust that you are enjoying the service today. But if you would like to pray that prayer, all eyes are closed. I just want to know who I'm praying with. If there's, if there's anyone in this room, just slip your hand quickly and I just want to pray a prayer with you. Anyone in the room today would like to pray this prayer? Anyone? You never prayed it before and you're going, I need to pray this prayer today. Anyone? I can't see any hands going up today, but 
I know there are some people, maybe even watching online, that need to pray this prayer. So we're going to pray it anyway, okay? And if I can ask all of us to pray together nice and loud. Dear Lord Jesus, from today, I commit my life to you. Come and live in my heart. Change me and make me into the person that you want me to be. I now turn from my past and ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be free. And from today, Lord, I choose you. I want to live for you. And I ask for your favor over my life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.